The Weekly Charge, a podcast for kids and families where we take a little time to charge as we plug in, power up, and press on with Christ. Episode 6, From the Pit to the Palace, the Story of Joseph, Part 6. Hello, everyone. I'm Jen Miller. And I'm Pastor Ben. Welcome to The Weekly Charge, a podcast by the Napanee Missionary Church Kidmin team. This series of podcast episodes follows along with our church's series of teaching called You'll Get Through This, which you can find if you go to our church website, nmc.church. Over the last few weeks, we've been following the story of Joseph from Genesis. And what a story it is. In the last five episodes, we have seen the life of a man who went from high places to low and back again, and then back again. And again, he was honored as the favorite brother out of 12 by his father, then sold to be a slave by his brothers, then made the head of the house of one of Pharaoh's top officials, then put into prison for a crime he didn't commit, then helped Pharaoh with the interpretation of some dreams and made the highest official in the land, and then brought face to face with the brothers who sold him into slavery. But Joseph's story was part of a bigger story, a story that began before he was born and continued long after he died. And today, we're going to look at the story of his family, as we imagine what his father would have thought about all of this. Remember, Joseph and Jacob, his father, were real people from history. So once again, we invite you to join us in using your imagination as we take a look at this amazing story. Imagine with us what it would have been like to have lived back then and to have experienced what these people experienced. And let's go back in time, thousands of years ago. From the pit to the palace, the story of Joseph. Part 6. Jacob tells the story of Brothers and Sons Lost and Found. I've lived a long life. Not as long as my father or my grandfather, not yet, but it has been long. I've seen many things and I've learned many things. There were many people I loved. There were many people I lost. I witnessed miraculous blessings and terrible tragedies. Now, as I look back on all those years, I think of how my story is not mine alone. It does not start with my birth. It starts before that, and it will not end with my death. It will continue long after that. So I will start my story with my grandfather, Abraham. He and his wife were old, but God spoke to him and told him to look at the stars. His descendants would be like the number of the stars in the sky and the grains of sand on the earth. At that time, he had no children. And being old, my grandmother laughed at God's message. So when my father was born, he was named Isaac. Isaac, which meant laughter. And so my father was born, but his was not the only unusual birth. His own children were born into some, let's say, unusual circumstances themselves. Tell me, do I have sons or daughters? Sons, Rebecca. I knew it. 
Yes, and while we were delivering the first child, the other child was holding onto his heel, as if he wanted to be born first. Bring them to me. Oh my, this one already has so much hair for such a young child. He was a firstborn, ma'am, the oldest. And this one is so soft and smooth. Yes, I've seen twins before, ma'am, but I don't think you'll confuse these two. All during the time I was carrying these boys, they have been moving constantly as if they were battling each other. When I asked the Lord about this, he spoke to me. He did? What did he say? He said that I had two nations in my womb, that they would separate into two groups of people, that one of these groups would be stronger and the other weaker. The older one looks to be the stronger one for sure. Well, Luke's are deceiving. The Lord said that the older would serve the younger. My brother was named Esau, and I was named Jacob. He was the firstborn, I was the second. Esau was always my father's favorite, and I was my mother's favorite. You see, my mother always remembered the Lord's word to her about how my brother's family would serve my family. I was always looking for a way to grab what I thought was rightfully mine. And one day, I finally got my chance. Who's there? It's me, brother. Esau. Ah, Esau. What have you been doing? You've been gone such a long time. Like you even need to ask. I've been out in the fields. You know that. What have you been doing? Well, right now I'm making some stew. Ah, just about done. Very, very good. Give me some, Jacob, please. No, I don't think so. Come on, Jacob. I've been out in the fields working for the family for... Days, I'm tired and I'm hungry and I need something to eat. I'm not going to just give you some of this stew. Jacob, give me some stew or I'll... Temper, brother. I said I wouldn't just give you some, but I'd be willing to trade you some. Trade? I have nothing to trade. If I did, I wouldn't be this hungry. Give me some stew, I'm about to die. Sure you have something to trade me. What are you talking about? What do you want from me? Your birthright. I want all that you have coming to you as the eldest brother. What? Are, are you serious? You are serious, aren't you? That stew is nowhere near the value of a birthright. Let's put it this way. How much do you want some stew right now? More than anything. Well then, that's how much I want your birthright. Your birthright may be worth more gold than this stew, but both this stew and your birthright are the most valuable thing in the world to us. The stew to you, the birthright to me. That makes it an even trade, wouldn't you say? Why, you little... I ought to take your stew and... And what, brother? Bah! What good is my birthright if I starve to death here with you? Fine. You can have it. Take it. It's yours. The birthright is yours. Just give me something to eat now. Very well. You get what you want... I get what I want. We're both happy. I was such a young man and foolish. Esau was so angry at me for the way I manipulated him into giving away his birthright. I gave him temporary nourishment and filled his belly for a day. And he gave me everything he had. 
everything, not just the land and the herds and the fields that father owned and would pass on to Esau, but the family and the blessing. Esau gave me everything, and as far as I was concerned, that was almost enough. Almost. Because father had not given it to me. My mother considered me her favorite, and she never forgot what the Lord had told her. The younger would rule over the older, and she was going to make it happen. Jacob, listen to me. I heard your father talking to your brother. He asked your brother to go out and hunt for something to make into a meal. Your father plans to eat the meal your brother prepares, and then he will give your brother the Lord's blessing. That's well and good, but how does this affect me? I'm the younger brother. But what if you weren't? What do you mean? Listen to me and do as I say. Go out to the flocks and bring two of the best young goats. We'll prepare one into a meal that he will find delicious. Then you will take it to your father, and he will give you the blessing intended for Esau. Mother, he will know I'm not Esau. Father may not see well or hear well, but my brother's hairy and my skin is smooth. If father touches me, he'll know and curse me, not bless me. Just bring the goats. I have a plan. Her plan was to disguise me, so when I went into father's tent, he would think I was Esau. His eyes were bad, and he was almost blind in his old age. Mother took Esau's clothes, and I put them on. She put goat skin on my hands and arms and neck, anywhere father might accidentally touch my skin. We made it so it felt hairy like my brother. She gave me a delicious meal, and I took it to him. I entered his tent, and he looked up. Father... Yes, I'm here. Who's there? It's me, Father. Esau, you sent me to bring back some food for you. Uh, sit up and eat some of the food I hunted, and then you can bless me. That didn't take long. Uh, yeah, uh, no. Uh, the Lord uh, blessed the hunt and gave me uh, great success in finding good game. Eh, come near to me, son. Let me feel your hand. Let me know if you are really my son. Your voice sounds like Jacob, but these are the hands of Esau. Uh, are you really Esau? Yes, yeah, I am. Bring me the food. Let me eat and drink, and I will bless you. Ah, I smell the fields in your clothes. You smell like a field the Lord has blessed. May God give your fields the dew from heaven. May God bless your crops with grain and wine. May you be the Lord over your brothers. Whoever curses you will be cursed. Whoever blesses you will be blessed. Not long after I left, Esau returned from the hills with something he had actually hunted. I was not in the tent when it happened, but I know that Esau went in expecting to be blessed. Father would not do it. Even knowing I had tricked them, Father told him about the blessing that he had said I would rule over his family. Esau hated me even more after that. I ended up running away and going into hiding. Oh, I know a thing or two about brothers and hatred. Why didn't I learn from my own mistakes? And why didn't Mother and I just trust God that He would make the words come true instead of trying to make it happen ourselves? So much pain came from the trickery and the lies. What would have happened if we had lived our lives without sin and let God fulfill His promise? We will never know but we should have trusted him. 
Long after I ran away, I was traveling and found a place to sleep under a tree using a rock to rest my head. I had a dream. Oh, my son Joseph was not the only one who had dreams. My grandfather and my mother and my father were not the only ones who heard from God. In my dream, there was a ladder that was placed on the ground and reached up into heaven. Angels went up the ladder and down the ladder, and I looked at this magnificent sight, and above the ladder I saw. I saw the Lord, and he looked down at me, and he said, I am the Lord. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. This land that you are on will be given to you and to your children. And your children will be like the dust of the earth, and they will spread out to the east and west and north and south. And through your family, all families on the earth will be blessed. I am with you and will never leave you until what has been promised to you has been done. I woke up that morning and set up the stone I had slept on like a pillar. I put oil on it, and I called that place Bethel. Not long after I married, and it's a long story, that marriage, but I'll say this, I met a woman named Rachel, and I loved her, and I entered into a deal with her father to marry her after I worked for him for seven years. When those seven years were done, he tricked me, and I married her sister Leah instead. As someone who had tricked my own brother and my own father, I was angry, but I also understood how they must have felt. Seven years later, I was allowed to marry Rachel. They were the mothers of my twelve sons. Leah was the mother of the first ten. Rachel was the mother of Joseph and Benjamin. During this time, just as my father had blessed us, the land where I had lived prospered. But with all that wealth, my father-in-law and his family began to turn against me. And after much conflict, the Lord told me to return to the land of my father, which also meant to return to the land of my brother. I sent messengers ahead of me, and they met with Esau, and he told them he would meet me. He gathered together many men, so I divided my own family into two camps, so that if Esau attacked, he would attack one camp first and give the other camp time to escape. This way, only half would be destroyed by him. On the way to meet Esau, I sent ahead the men with the gifts of animals I had for him, and I sent my wives and sons away from me and spent the night alone before going to my brother. I was alone and afraid. So many things had brought me here. And now, behind me, my father-in-law's family was against me. And in front of me, my brother's family was against me. God had given me the promise of my grandfather Abraham, but I wondered if I was going to die. And then I was not alone. A strange man came to me in that dark place. I knew he was not a normal person, and I grabbed him, and we wrestled. All night we wrestled and fought, and I could not overpower him, but I would not let go of him. The strange man finally touched my hip, and my hip was pushed out of joint. I still have a limp to this day because of it, but still I hung on. He said to me, Let me go. Morning has come. And I said to him, No, not until you bless me. What is your name? Jacob. Jacob, a name for someone who takes and grabs, but your name will no longer be Jacob. 
you will be called Israel, for you have wrestled with God, and you have overcome. And what is your name? Why do you ask my name? You have asked for my blessing, and I give it. I called that place Peniel, because I had seen God face to face, and I lived. When I went to my brother, he had brought 400 men with him. I went ahead of everyone who had come, and I fell to the ground in front of my brother. Esau ran to me, and I waited for him to attack. His hands took me by the shoulders, and he embraced me. Together we wept. We did not do battle. We did not fight. Esau allowed us to come into his land safely. Time passed. Life was not perfect, it never is, but the land was blessed. However, it was after this that I saw so much loss in my family. My mother died. Benjamin was born, my youngest son, but his mother Rachel died giving birth to him. Soon after that, my father died. I took great pleasure in my sons, Joseph and Benjamin. Perhaps I should have learned from the mistakes of my mother and father, father who loved Esau more, mother who loved me more. Joseph was my favorite son, and he reminded me of his mother so much. One day I was buying from some merchants, and something caught my eye. Tell me about this cloak. Yes, yes, this cloak. It was stitched together by one of my favorite artisans. I buy from him all the time because all the time he makes the best cloth. Look at these colors. Look at the way these threads weave together to make these colorful designs. Look at the skill and craftsmanship that went into it. I like it. You should. All the time when I buy from him, someone wants to buy one of his cloaks. All the time people pay good money for it. All the time I feel bad because I do not want to sell it. How much? I like you. All the time you are honest with me. For you, I'm willing to make a deal. And so, after I bought the cloak, I took it home and gave it to my son. Joseph, my son, I have a gift for you. Oh, Father, it's wonderful. Thank you, Father. I thought of you, my son, when I saw it. I knew I had to have it for you. Thank you, Father. Well, son, I love you. Perhaps I shouldn't have shown my favoritism. You see, Joseph was like me. God spoke to him in dreams. God showed him truthful things about the future that we didn't understand. We all thought we understood. His brothers thought the dreams came from arrogance, or if they came from a place of truth, they feared what the dreams meant. I thought the dreams meant Joseph was as special as I believed. Joseph thought the dreams meant the blessing promised to Abraham, Isaac, and me would be passed to him. Then one day something happened to make me believe that the dreams were just a sleepy imagination with no truth at all. My sons came to me carrying something I recognized. What, what do you have there, my sons? We found this, out in the hills. Oh, oh no. Is it Joseph's coat, father? Yes. Yes, it is. This is my son's coat. Some sort of animal must have attacked him. And now, my son is dead. He's dead. (laughs) 
He was gone. There was only one explanation. He had been killed by a wild animal. I still had Benjamin, of course, and I would not lose him if I could do anything about that. Then came the famine. We lost so much in that time. Crops died, livestock died. We were going to die. We heard of food in Egypt and we sent silver to buy some. But my sons came home with a horrible message. One of my sons was being held captive because the man in charge of the food did not trust them and thought they were spies. And the only way we could get him out was if we sent Benjamin. I was not willing to let Benjamin go. How could I lose another son like that? But the famine got worse and we needed food. So I sent Benjamin, hoping that he would return, but thinking I may have lost another child. Instead, I found one. Father, we're back. Is Benjamin okay? Did you bring him home? Father, the answer to that is yes, but I need you to sit down and hear what we have to say. Your son Joseph, who you thought was dead, is not dead. He is alive. He is the man we dealt with in Egypt. He is the man who demanded to see Benjamin. I don't understand. What are you saying? Father, Joseph is not dead. He has been in Egypt for these 20-some years. He started as a slave, but he rose from slavery to being one of the highest officials in the land of Egypt. I don't know how it happened. I don't understand. I honestly don't understand it either, Father, but he's alive. Father? My son's alive! I don't believe it. You wouldn't lie to me, would you? Well, there are some things we need to tell you, Father. So many emotions. Joy that my son lived. Anger that my other sons lied. Sadness that so much pain was caused by the mistakes we all made. Happiness that we would be together again soon. I've lived a long life. It was not pretty. I did some terribly foolish things. I hurt my family. I made poor choices. But I've also seen God move. I've seen him take the worst moment of my life, the loss of my son, and turn it into something that saved the rest of my family from ruin. I've lived a long life, and I am growing closer and closer to the end of that life. I am thankful for what God has done, and even more thankful that I was able to see some of how it all fit into his plan. We packed up everything and everyone, and we headed to Egypt. With every step of the caravan, my stomach churned a little bit more. It was exciting and terrifying. I was an old man and it was a long and dangerous journey. But finally, one day we stopped. We made camp in the land of Goshen and while we were there, we were told that we were going to be met by an official from Egypt. My son, the threat of my life and the threat of my son Joseph's life were once again going to be woven together. Father? Joseph, is that you? It is, Father. It is. Oh, Joseph, my son!
When bad things happen, it's hard to understand why. When I think about all the things Jacob had happened to him in his life, I know there were times when he was asking why those things happened. Not good. Why did he have to lose his son? Why did he have to lose his wife? Why did the famine come? Why did the man from Egypt want his youngest son? For us, it is father. It is. Why did grandma have to die? Still loud. Why do mom and dad have to fight? It is father. It is. Why does my friend do mean things to me? Why did I have to get sick? Why does that one kid at school always bully me? And there are a lot of different answers to all those different questions. Some of the answers might make sense to us. Some of the answers might not. Some of the answers might make us feel better. Some of the answers might not. What's important to learn and remember is that God is here with us when these bad things happen. And God knows about those bad things. And God loves us. God does not want those bad things to happen, but he does use them in his plan for us because he loves us. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in him at all times, you people. Tell him all your troubles. God is our place of safety. One thing that's hard to understand is that when bad things are happening, we only see part of the story. Like Jacob, who only knew Joseph was taken away from him, but didn't know that Joseph was still alive and getting ready to rescue the entire family. My mom used to put puzzles together all the time, and we liked to help her when we were kids. She had some really hard puzzles. I remember one of those puzzles had lots of dancing elves and fairies and gnomes in a garden with lots of plants and mushrooms and stuff. If you just picked up one piece of that puzzle, you might see a face or a part of a mushroom or a foot. Did the face and the foot go together? Was the mushroom from one side of the puzzle or the other? You couldn't tell from just looking at the piece. But my mom did a couple different things to help put that puzzle together. She would always do the edges first because you knew those pieces went together. And she would put pieces that were different colors together because that helped sort them out. Dark green in one pile, light green in another, blue sky pieces in another. But her best strategy was she would look at the picture on the box and see the whole picture and that helped her put it all together. In life, it's like we're picking up one piece and we can see the things that are happening to us, but we are just looking at one piece. We can't see what God sees. God knew what the brothers planned to do to Joseph, and he used that situation to help the family. None of them knew what God was going to do. They only knew their small piece of it. Only God saw the whole thing. But we have to remember God knows us and loves us and knows what is happening to us, and he's right there with us. We may not know everything, but he does. Next week, we will wrap up our story of Joseph as we see what happens to him and his family during and after the famine. For now, thanks so much for listening, and until next time, We want to remind you to charge, plug in and connect with Christ, power up and become like Christ, and press on by being like Christ in the world. This story can be found in the book of Genesis. Brothers and Sons, Lost and Found featured your hosts, Jen Miller and Pastor Ben. Joseph was played by Evan David. Rebecca was Jen Miller, and the midwife was Chandra Yoder. Other voices were performed by Ben Avery. Written, directed, and produced by Ben Avery. Weekly Charge is a production of the Napanee Missionary Church Kidman Department. You can find out more at nmc.church. You can find this podcast at nmckidman.com. I'm Pam, and as always, thanks for listening.